Welcome to our third week of summer hiatus. Michael and I would hope that you would enjoy revisiting one of our classics, Toy Story, starring Tom Hanks and Tim Allen. It is also a chapter in my book, Christ, Culture, and Cinema, which can be purchased at Amazon and Concordia Publishing House. We hope you enjoy this classic podcast. Welcome to Christ, Culture, and Cinema with the doctor, Jeffrey Skopak, and his trusted assistant, Michael Pop, as they explore the intersection of faith, movies, and our contemporary context. Welcome back to Christ, Culture, and Cinema. How are you today, Michael? Well, that's a loaded question. I feel great, uh, but I am home having tested for this COVID. So uh, I don't know. How am I doing? You're the one that's all on your own there at church. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sitting in our little recording studio all alone, uh, trying to navigate the remote record feed for Christ Culture and Cinema. Uh, We're doing... Yeah, we're doing fine here, but uh, certainly you're in our prayers to get better and get healthy and get back to us as soon as possible. Today, we're going to, well, today we're going to venture down that road of uh, really one of the groundbreaking animated movies uh, because it changed the style, the technology, uh, the presentation of children's movies, and that movie being Toy Story. Released on November 20th of 1995, with a budget of $30 million, had a nice little return, Michael, $373 million at the box office. Oh, I, I got 394. I might have newer numbers. It's big time. It is insane yeah. money. Also, yeah, any, anytime you go 10 times over your budget, I think that's a success. I, I think it is. And anytime you can launch an industry, it launched an entirely different way of making animated movies. It launched toys and toy products. It launched rides at Disney World and Hollywood Studios. It has even launched a land at Hollywood Studios down in Orlando. It has. That's just... Now, I, I will be the first to defend my Star Wars and say it took it to a new level. Because let's face it, Star Wars brought in the, the toys and the land or the, the theme park rides. But let's Toy Story truly went to, to uh, infinity and beyond when it came to that. And, and really, outside of the one character, namely Mr. Potato Head, all the other toys, for the most part, were created for this movie that they didn't have toy precedents that children bought and played with a la Woody and Buzz Lightyear, the two main characters. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. Uh, This was directed by John Lasseter, who would go on to direct Toy Story 2, Bugs Life, Cars, Cars 2. He has found a niche in this computer-driven 
graphic style of children's movie. Really kind yeah. of amazing. Kind of like, like a lot of people, when you're on the ground floor, you're kind of the godfather. So he's actually gone on to produce more. It looks like he's overseeing even more of these uh, animated movies now. Yeah. Kind of the godfather. Yep, absolutely. So let's talk about the characters for a moment. Uh, there are many, but of course, this movie is going to revolve around two, namely Woody and Buzz Lightyear. Now, Woody is voiced by Tom Hanks. And, you know, Tom Hanks is starting to move into that stratosphere for us, along with Bill Murray. I mean, we've done a lot yeah. of Tom Hanks movies now. For sure. Yeah. And yet there's quite a few Tom Hanks movies I would still like to do. You know, yeah. I mean, to be honest, we've we've done some good ones, but boy, he is just a, a monster in the field uh, of uh, these movies. He's done so many. Yeah. You just consider, you know, some of the movies we haven't covered League of Their Own, Saving Private Ryan. And by the way, one where he plays Walt Disney himself, Saving Mr. Banks. I put that one down. Yeah. I, I put big. I oh, thought it yeah. was tremendous. That was this big, you know, kind of breakout. Um, and, uh, and uh, you know, the, the whole Apollo 13, uh, he does such a fabulous job there. I mean, you would think he was, Buzz. Uh, Sully. Oh, yeah. You know, taking on a, a, when you take on a real story and a real character, um, he does a tremendous job. He's, he's the best. Yeah, most definitely. That leads us to Buzz Lightyear, uh, voiced by Tim Allen really known for television when he did this movie, his uh, great sitcom, Home Improvement, uh, in these latter days here, uh, Last Man Standing. But let's not forget, he is Santa Claus, you know, in the... <laughs> I, I remember more from Galaxy Quest than Santa Claus, but yeah, I gotcha. He, yeah. Uh, he's and, you know, a little niche Christmas movie we haven't done yet is Christmas with the Cranks. Really good movie. Highly recommend it. Now let's right. talk. Let's talk about some of the toys because you know the toys are what for me brings it all to life. There's Mr. Potato Head, uh, voiced by the incomparable Don Rickles, the late Don Rickles, who was a stand-up comedian who insulted everybody, anybody, and everything in his routine. Uh, just a brilliant comedian but in the movie world may be remembered for being one of the muscle in the movie casino you know yeah yeah i uh i actually uh watched a behind the scenes on toy story about how they got together and they looked at each of these different um toys mr potato head slinky dog rex ham and we're, we're trying to think of who's the voice that that shows those characteristics they hammered it. I mean, all of these that we're about to say, it's like boom, 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 starting with Don Rickles. Yeah. Now let's, you, you mentioned Ham. Ham is the little squeaky pig voiced by John, know it all, by John Ratzenberger, who <laughs> was known as Cliff Clavin on yeah. the 80s television show Cheers. Brilliant, brilliant role that he just owned. But look at the voice roles he has had since The Incredibles, Wally, Coco. I mean, he shows up in Coco, a Mexican movie. There he is. How about Cars, Planes, yep. Brave, Up? 
I don't think there is a uh, movie made right now by Disney in the world of animation where John Ratzenberger isn't somewhere to be found. Yeah, I, I thought about that. I remember my dad telling me early on I had a, a face for radio, which is probably why it's a good thing we're doing a podcast and not a YouTube video, right? But I think <laughs> John Ratzenberger, we can say the same thing, you know. But a great and memorable voice. Uh, mm -hmm. Rex, who is the dinosaur toy, is voiced by Wallace Shaw. And Wallace Shaw, we know from The Princess Bride. Inconceivable. I mean, yeah. there it is. But again, look at where he shows up. He's in The Incredibles. And right now on television, The Young Sheldon. So another and one of those distinctive voices. Don't forget Vegas Vacation. Oh. He, you know, pushes uh, Chevy's buttons. That's true. Absolutely right on that one. Uh, how about playing Slinky Dog? Uh, the Slinky Dog, and that was a real toy too, by the way. It's another one you could have bought in the day. Uh, voiced by Jim Varney. Now, for most, you're going to go, who in the world is Jim Varney? Do you remember the series of movies of Ernest? Kind of the, the hillbilly hick? Oh, my word. There he is. He's Slinky Dog. But he's also... Yeah, everybody, everybody knows Ernest. Yeah, well, he's... Well, they do. And and also, he was Jed Clappett in the movie, The Beverly Hillbillies. Yep. So talk about a guy who had a little niche, but all of a sudden is in this animated movie and providing a great voice. Now, personally, my favorite toy in Toy Story, and I look forward to when I'm down in Disney with the family uh, to see them marching around were the green soldiers, the, the green plastic soldiers. I had those as a kid. Yep. And the one who plays the sergeant of the green soldiers, R. Lee uh, Enney. And who is he? Well, he's the drill sergeant in full metal jacket. Uh, oh, by the way, he's in Mississippi burning. And let's not forget, a little horror movie called the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I thought it was funny. He was in uh, Kung Fu Panda. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, but again, one, yeah. but he's got that great distinctive voice that he can carry. He wasn't he was a sergeant. I mean, here's a retired military sergeant who took on that role. He was incredible. They they said that the one part in Full Metal Jacket was all ad lib. It's all him. And he was the best, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Almost certainly. Died. Now, Died 2018. Now, yeah, I just said another one. He and Don Rickles uh, from yeah. those that we've listed thus far. Uh, how about Lenny the Binoculars? It's uh, another toy, which is kind of like uh, the old viewfinder. Do you remember the old viewfinders as a kid? I had lots of the viewfinders. Loved them. Well, that's what Lenny the Binoculars looks like. He's voiced by Joe Ramft. Now, Joe has made his career in voicing Cars, Bugs Life. Oliver and Company, uh, Lion King, Beauty and the Beast. I mean, these are all mega, mega hits with Disney. And he has his voice in every single one of those. It's just crazy to imagine. Uh, how about Bo Peep? There's another toy in oh. Andy's room, Bo Peep. We just had her. We just had her in Cross Culture and Cinema. That's right. Annie Potts. And Annie Potts, Ghostbusters. 
pretty in pink, but I think most people uh, from a certain generation remember her from a little television show called Designing Women. Oh, yeah. You know, we I, don't want. I was a little worried. The only one I had left was Who's Harry Crumb? And I thought, you're not going to go there, are you? <laughs> no, 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 no. Designing Women. That. No. <laughs> How about Mr. Spell, which is like a, a a precursor to the tablet? You know, that's really what Mr. Spell was, uh, voiced by Jeff Pigeon. And again, uh, voiceovers and things like Your Friend the Rat and Mike's New Car. And these are shorts. These were some of the Pixar shorts that would ultimately lead to the movie Cars and the Disney movie Ratatouille. Uh, so again, another guy lending his voice. And it, the last toy that I wanted to mention were the little aliens in the vending machine at the uh, uh, Pizza Bowl Planet place. And they're voiced by Debbie Derry Berry. I just love her last name. <laughs> and again, a voice over person. Jimmy Neutron, Monsters High, F is for Family. All of these are animated movies where a person who has a distinctive voice can use their gift in a way that otherwise probably would never be heard. Now, those yeah. are the, those are the toys uh, that I had. Um, did you have any other toys? Nope. Okay. Hey, let's jump into the people. And there really are three people that I want to touch base on. One is Andy and all these toys belong to Andy uh, voiced by John Morris, who will be the voice of Andy in Toy Story 1 through 4. Now, what <laughs> happens is, as time progresses, he will voice the older Andy uh, in the movies. He ages with the character. Uh, but good that his uh, voice did change over time. That's, that, that's a positive. That, that is a do. positive. Yeah. Unlike Michael Jackson, where it changed in reverse and got higher. <laughs> True. But did you know he was a voice in The Nightmare Before Christmas? That's crazy. Yep. Yeah, yep. it's just nuts. I did not know that. Uh, Andy's mom, and here's somebody who pops up everywhere, Lori Metcalf. And Lori Metcalf is really an in-front-of-the-camera actress. Uh, made her kind of her big debut in the old television show Roseanne, uh, but would then later on be in the movie Lady Bird, Uncle Buck, uh, and of course, she's Sheldon's mother in The Big Bang Theory. Scream 2. We just had the new uh, the new fifth Scream come out. She was in the second one. She played the, uh, well, I won't give it away in case you want to watch it. But she's great in Scream 2. Yeah, there you go. And then finally, there's Sid, the uh, little boy who lives next door, the toy destroyer, uh, voiced by Eric Von Detten. And we know Eric uh, from The Prince's Diaries, but he's also a voice in Tarzan and Hercules. So, you know, again, every one of these actors and actresses finding a venue in animated productions to express and to, to, to share their talents with the world. I, I had one more only because I love him, but uh, Penn Jillette from Penn and Teller. 
yeah. who was the TV announcer, not a big role. Uh, you know, he's basically known for his, his shows and he was in Sharknado 3 and Car 54, but uh, it just shows the wide range of, they went big time. I mean, they're $30 million budget. They didn't uh, mess around with the people that were getting to play the parts. I mean, he's a TV announcer and they get Pendulette. Right. Well, I would tell you partly because this was the first movie of its kind. Pixar Studios had not made a full-length movie to this point. They were all shorts. And to go with something that is so uniquely different from the normal animated style was a risk. At the time, it was a huge risk. But the moment you brought in the voices of some of the biggest actors and actresses of the day, a la Tom Hanks, Tim Allen, Don Rickles, um, John Ratzenberger, uh, it just the list goes on and on. All of a sudden, there was a, a wow factor, a legitimacy to what people were going to experience in the theaters. And, and then when they went, I, I mean, I still remember going. Madeline, our daughter, was a year old. And uh, Amy and I went to the movies to see this. We had a babysitter, probably my parents at the time. And to be thoroughly blown away by what unfolded on the screen was, was amazing. I mean, it was like, is this real? Is it not real? What am I actually watching at the moment? It was beyond comprehension. It really and truly was. It was that groundbreaking. And the behind the scenes show, even the director, even the writers, I mean, they can write a story out, they can plan it. They, they had the, this new technology. But having a Tom Hanks and a Tim Allen and Don Rickles changed even the way they did it. They said it was so much better because all of a sudden you put those voices and they put their own spins on it and, and they're tweaking what they did to make it even better. The, yeah. the final product was, was all of these things put together. Now, the story itself is a relatively simple story. Andy has toys. They all kind of come to life when Andy is not in the room. And the leader of the toys is... Uh, Woody. He is the leader of the toys because he is Andy's favorite toy. Andy has a birthday party. Friends come over. Toys start wondering, what are the new toys? Who's going to be added to the herd? Love the green army men. You know, they go on a recon mission, you know, the scout out, see what the new toys are. And the new toy that enters the world is Buzz Lightyear, the intergalactic space ranger. And Buzz is different. You know, Woody has a pull string with a, with a little loop. And when you let go of the string, he talks. Buzz Lightyear has buttons and lights and retractable wings and missiles. And he's got all of it. And very quickly, the toys figure out Buzz is the new favorite. Now, when the humans leave and the toys are to life, Woody gets jealous. And by a set of circumstances, Bad things are going to befall one Buzz Lightyear. And probably the worst of all is realizing he's not an intergalactic space ranger, but simply a toy. He has no idea that he is just a toy. Uh, he ends up uh, getting lost, found by Sid, the toy destroyer. The toys need to rescue, said Buzz Lightyear. Uh, so that's how the story kind of goes. Andy and the family are moving. They get left behind. It's tracking them down. It's reuniting with the family. And everybody is happy at the end. That's but I, 
clever story. It's, it's a very simple and clever story to be sure. But I would tell you that in Toy Story, if we peel back the layer, there's something much, much more at play here. And I would tell you that this is a lesson of leadership, shared leadership, failed leadership. Uh, and how does one recover from failure in the midst of leadership? And oh, yeah. to me, there's no greater example of that than when Woody, who is the leader of the toys, is introduced to this Buzz Lightyear, who is by default the new favorite toy and immediately vaulted into leadership. Uh, and we see this all the time in life. We see it in professional sports. Uh, you know, they draft the hot new rookie. He comes onto the team. He makes the big splash. The aging star struggles. Um, you know, we, we uh, witness this uh, even in television. They, they pick up on this theme. Uh, I know you watch Ted Lasso on Love it. Apple, uh, Apple TV. Oh, yeah. And think about the the characters in that show. You know, the new star, the old star, who's the leader? There's there's that tension in the room. Well, that's very biblical. You know, think about the leadership struggles when the Apostle Paul arrives on the scene. You know, he's the new guy. He's not one of the original uh, 12 disciples, the remaining 11. He's not part of the leadership of the Council of Jerusalem, Acts 15. He's an outsider. And yet, all of a sudden, this guy is now perceived by many to be a leader and has a voice in the room. And I think we struggle with that, don't you? Yeah, I, I think a lot of times uh, we become jealous. Uh, when new people come in, uh, and let's face it, you and I have done enough team ministry over the years now. We've, we've worked with three principals. Um, you, you see teachers. Uh, you see the parents. We have church leadership. Um, it's easy to try to compare. It's easy to see because everybody has different gifts. And, and I think the first part is it's a jealousy thing. We see that when, when, when Buzz meets, uh, Woody meets Buzz for that first time, and all the toys are going gaga over buses, great sound and the push button and all that. You see that jealousy creep in to where it pushes Woody to do something he shouldn't do. I mean, yeah. that was the fall leadership I know you're referring to. It's, it yeah. really is that moment where I'm watching a cartoon, an animated cartoon, and it hurt me. You know, yeah. you're watching, you're like, what? Don't do that. It really draws you in. You know, and, and Buzz, by the circumstances that Woody establishes, goes flying out the window and into danger. And look at how the other toys react. There's a sense of betrayal. There's a sense of letdown. There's a sense of failure. Well, fear. you know, fear, because wait a minute, this leader who we trusted has let us down in such a profound way. And, you know, we, we see that in the Bible, you know, Peter denying Jesus, not once, but three times, there's a letdown and it's a personal letdown. David, I mean, there's one of the greatest leaders and, you know, I'll just have a guy killed because I like his wife, you know, it's fear. Yeah, most certainly. Now, in rescuing Buzz Lightyear, when Woody concocts the plan to rescue Buzz, he has to regain credibility in leadership. And that takes humility. It takes repentance. It takes confession. And 
he really does so to the other toys. Here's this very simple little children's story. And yet we see personal conviction of heart. We see repentance. We see confession. And alas, we see the other toys receiving him back. And notice how they receive him back in varying degrees. Some are, some are not so sure. Others are way more helpful uh, to, to assist in the plan. Well, think about restoration of leaders in your life. Have you ever had a leader just let you down and fail you? And how quick were you to allow them to lead again? To, to be restored to their position. Uh, I think that's a big biblical example we see over and over again. Peter falls. Peter basically betrays Jesus three times. And yet in the restoration of Peter, and this is gospel of John, end of the gospel, Jesus makes sure Peter knows he is restored. Three times he asks him, Peter, do you love me? Three times Peter does says, yes, I do, Lord. And three times Jesus restores and puts Peter back in his proper place. Yeah, he tells him, feed my lambs. He tells him what to do. Not only does he say, hey, I know you screwed up, but I need you. He tells him what to do. Yeah. Now, what's interesting is in, the, uh, in this movie, as it unfolds, Buzz Lightyear is also a leader, a new leader, a dynamic leader, kind of a... Uh, flavor of the day leader. And for Buzz, I think there's also that struggle in learning how to work with the old leadership, uh, which he really hasn't, he doesn't have any interest in doing. You know, he's Buzz Lightyear, intergalactic space ranger. If I could, you know, Buzz reminds me of teaching middle school. Okay. And, and, and follow me on this. Buzz has this idea of what he is or who he is and this bravado. And, and he, you know, I know who I am. And all of a sudden the day comes where you realize that's not it. You know, all of a sudden you realize what life really is. There's a reality of, oh my goodness. And, and Buzz goes through that, that downfall of, I don't know anything. I can't do anything. You know, all of a sudden, and, and we see that through junior high and high school where these kids realize, you know, I'm not that kid anymore. All of a sudden I'm expected to do things. Yeah. And, and they lose confidence and they have to learn to, to find what their skill really is or what their growth is. And, and that was Buzz where what he was programmed and thought he knew, that wasn't, those weren't things. He had to figure out what his skills were. And so you see that in that growth in Buzz. It kind of reminds me of uh, middle school, high school. Yeah. And, and I think that that is the case for all of us, depending on where we are in our walk in life uh, as parents as leaders, as workers, as employees, um, there is a measure of growth. And in that growth, there's going to be ups and downs, peaks and valleys as we discover who we are and, and how God has wired us to lead, to serve, to do, to work. You know, liken it this way, not everybody is going to be Tom Brady and win seven Super Bowls. Not everybody. That's just not nope. going to happen, right? Uh, at the same time, not everybody is going to be an elected official in government, or not everybody is going to be the principal or be the boss or fill in the blank. But finding out what you are to be 
and then being excellent at it. And really for Buzz Lightyear, once he discovers he's not an intergalactic space ranger, but he's really a toy that can bring great joy to a child. And in other words, be collaborative and cooperative with the other toys in Andy's room. There's a real sense of joy and leadership that then Buzz hearkens to and they share leadership together. Well, and the willingness to sacrifice. You you brought up uh, before we started recording that, that arcade machine game where we saw a willingness to sacrifice oneself to save somebody. We see it from the slinky dog in yeah. the final rescue scene where Buzz and Woody are on the remote control car trying to catch up where he really puts himself out there physically, literally, yeah. trying to save them. And, and Buzz and Woody let him go. You know, they, their battery's dying. He can't get them. He's not going to be able to pull them up. So yeah, yeah, most certainly. Using the rocket. It, it, but we saw a willingness to sacrifice for others throughout this movie. Yeah, and ultimately that is what effective leadership looks like. It puts others ahead of oneself. It's willing to be sacrificial and serving while at the same time offering direction uh, and, and not just direction, but a, a clear path to the future. And, and Woody and Buzz really end up doing that, just as in the Bible, Peter ends up being that, just as, and you can fill in the blanks of lots and lots of biblical people uh, as you consider this. I really think this movie, Toy Story, is a gem, and and honestly, we co I cover this in detail in the book. I go way more deep uh, with regards to leadership, shared leadership. Uh, how does this dynamic play out between Woody and Buzz? But if you haven't seen Toy Story, uh, go back uh, and, and get a copy of it and watch it. If you have seen it, go back and watch it with different eyes. Pay attention to the dynamic of that leadership. You know, we didn't even touch on the sergeant of the Green Army soldiers in his leadership when the one guy, uh, you know, the kids go trampling through and the one Army soldier is laying there on the floor dying and they're not going to leave one behind. You know, it's, it's great. Oh, it's just a great moment in the movie. It really. And there's leadership going on. I'm going, my word, this movie from top to bottom is a wonderful leadership. I would I will take what you said a step further though. This this is an excellent chapter in your book, and and I would tell people, read the second chapter first, and then go back and watch the movie. I know you said watch it in different lenses, but the the points you bring out, I think it'll change the way you view the movie. Yeah, which brings us to our question of the day. So, in your life, uh, where are the leaders? Who are the leaders? Why do you value them? What are they doing that gives you comfort or strength? What are they doing that causes you pause and concern? And then pray for your leaders. Take a moment to pray for them because the mantle of leadership weighs heavy. Now, having said that, next week, we're going to go to a new movie, a brand new movie, uh, was released directly to Netflix. Uh, the movie starring uh, one of my favorites, Leonardo DiCaprio, called Don't Look Up. Until next time, we'll see you at the movies. Thank you for joining us for Christ, Culture, and Cinema with the doctor, Jeffrey Skopak, and his assistant, Michael Pop. Until next time, 
We'll see you at the movies. <laughs> <laughs>